Uh, hey kids, how's it going today? What's happening? Hey dad. Hi, dad. What's new? Guess what? You'll never believe what happened at school today. What? Two kids got into a physical fight at Oh school, my gosh. But I didn't get involved because if Hope everyone I got is okay. Involved, then you get mad. And I don't want you to get mad. I'm glad no one was hurt. Did you just you came right home? Yeah. You guys know where mom is? She just called. She said she's getting dinner. All right. What else is new? Anything happening? Well, uh, one thing did happen. I made the team. I'm not starting or anything, but I am on the team. Hey, great job. All right. You know what? Super proud of you. I'm glad you went out for the team. And you know what? Just because you're on the bench doesn't mean you're not as important as the starters. Those bench guys are just as important. So nice job, buddy. I'm proud of you. All right. Hey, Dad. What? Could I maybe work the church cafe on Sunday? Hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be okay. As long as it's after church. Okay. All right. All right. Let's talk to mom when she gets home, though, just to make sure you can get some volunteer hours doing that as well. Okay, thanks, Dad. Yep. Hey, everyone. Hi, Mom. Hey, how's it going? Welcome right home dinner. Excellent. Okay, kids, why don't you go get washed up, okay? Hey, hey. hey. Uh, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing okay. No? Remember Devin and Celeste at work? I do. They're calling it, I mean, I've known them, they're calling it quits after 16 years. Wow. I mean, they got the kids. I just don't, I just don't get it. I mean, I've known Devin for almost that long and I just don't get it. And plus, he's telling me he's been seeing someone across town. Wow. What's with that? Yeah, that's a shame. You know, I hope Celeste and the kids will be doing okay, are doing okay. Um, you know, after dinner, why don't I email her and see if there's anything they need and invite them to come to church with us on Sunday. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I still don't get it. I mean, what? I mean, it's a shocker. What, what is Devin thinking? I mean, he's got the kids. He's got a beautiful wife. They've been together for 16 years. I mean, and what the heck? I mean, for heaven's sakes, he's going bald just like I am. What does he think he's going to find out there? I just don't get it. And you know what? The whole thing that really bothered me was that everyone else at work, it didn't phase them at all. I, I, I was the only one that seemed to care. I mean, what, what is this world coming to? It's just, it's blowing my mind. I know. Yeah. I'm just glad we're okay. Yes, we are okay. You know, everything that goes on here in our house, it gets crazy sometimes with the kids and school, your work. But through it all, I know that God is always here with us. Yeah, God has definitely been here with us. I mean, look at our kids, and he's kept us together, and we've just trusted in him. So, Yeah. All right. Love you, hon. Love you, too. Hey, kids. Let's go. Let's eat. Come on, sit down. Come on, come on. Hey, slow poke. Let's go. All right. Devices in the basket. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, come on. Thank you. Mom, thanks. Thanks. All right. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day and my beautiful wife and family and this meal that you presented to us. And thank you for all that you've done for us throughout the week. All right, great job, huh? Yeah, you can tell them that. It's awesome, good. 
Uh, it's uh, good to see a blessed house, right? Good to see a blessed house. And you heard even in that, not every house is uh, a blessed house out there. That's reality in our world. And because of that truth, we're going to take some time over these next weeks and uh, think about, uh, look at Scripture and try to discern what does it mean to have a blessed house. Uh, hence the title, Bless This Home. And what we're really going to do over these weeks is uh, go to Matthew uh, 5. So if you got your app open and you want to go there, I mean, you can get your device out in this house for that, okay? Uh, you got your app out and you want to go there, we're going to go to Matthew 5. All right, if you got your Bible in print, go ahead, pull it out, get to Matthew 5. And uh, we're, we're going to just spend time in Matthew 5, which is the Beatitudes. And uh, what we're going to do is just look each week at one of those Beatitudes and try to think through what does that Beatitude really mean for us, uh, you know, individually, but even more specifically to think about applying that into our homes. What does that mean to our uh, our families? And so today uh, we're going to look at Matthew 5, uh, 6. And uh, i got to warn you today, uh, as we go through Matthew 5, 6, because we're, we're just really going to hone in on that verse. We're not jumping around a lot today. We're just going to hone in on that, on that verse and really unpack that one beatitude. Uh, we're going to do some Greek uh, work today. And uh, don't do that to impress you, although if you want to be a little impressed, I'm okay with that. That's fine. But um, we're going to do, do some uh, Greek work uh, there because it, it really is going to be important to understand the full implications of the verse, right, of, of what God's going to do there. So we're just going to unpack Matthew 5, 6, right? Because I think one truth is, one thing we could probably all agree on, is that having a blessed house is a good thing, right? How many want to have their home blessed? Okay, if you don't have your hand up right now, see me afterwards, right? we got to talk, right? Yeah, absolutely, right? We want that, right? Whether we're, you know, a couple or kids or just single even, you know, that, that we just, you know, we want to have God's blessing working uh, in our lives. And so it's important to understand, so how does that work? How does that come, right? How, how, does, how does God allow that to take place uh, in our lives? In the Beatitudes, he starts the Beatitudes with that word, blessed, Right? Blessed. And that's what we're going to unpack first, is that word blessed. What does that mean? Well, in the Greek, you can see it means to become long or large properly when God extends his benefits, the advantages he confers, blessed. Right? What does it mean? Well, it's, it's that idea that you're, you're blessed when God's working in your life. And he's working for your good. Right? That, that, I mean, what we want is we want God actively working in our lives and especially in our families, right? We, we want Him working in our families and doing so for the good of our families. I mean, I mean think about this. I mean, what, what we're talking about here is the God of the universe, right? The, the one who had the infinite wisdom to create everything that it is and put together the Milky Way and all the galaxies to have that God, right, with, with infinite wisdom, the God who already knows your yesterday and he already knows your tomorrow, more importantly, to have that God actively working for the benefit of you and for your kids and your home all the time. This is a good thing. This is what it is to be blessed, that God would confer, extend 
the benefits of his presence and his activity into your life and into your family's life. This is a good thing. This is what we desire. This is what it really means to be blessed, right? Some translations will translate and say blessed or happy, you know, happy. Now, that, that's not good enough, right? I mean, it's going to make you happy, but underneath it is this understanding that God is really actively working for the good of you and for the good of your family. That's blessed, right? And the outcome of that is on the other end of the verse, right? The other end of the verse, it says, first it says blessed, but at the tail end it says, shall be satisfied. You see that? Shall be satisfied, right? I kept blessed underlined so you know where we started. Now this is where we're going. Shall be satisfied. The word satisfied uh, in the Greek is to fulfill or satisfy the desire of anyone to fatten, fill to overflowing. Okay, do you remember Thanksgiving Day? Do you remember when you pushed away from the table finally? Do you remember how full and satisfied you felt when you were kind of on the edge of actually kind of hurting because you ate too much? Did you have that experience? Some of you are honest enough to shake your heads and say, yes, that's okay, right? That, that, I mean, that kind, that's trying to capture it, right? It's, it's that experience of, of just being absolutely provided for, right? Just fully absolutely overwhelmingly provided for, satisfied, right? And now remember, when Jesus is speaking this, he's speaking this to his contemporaries, right? And those people, the folks he was talking to, they didn't get that experience like we do, right? We, we live in a pretty, pretty good place. I and mean, we live in a pretty, there's a lot of opportunity for us to push away from the table and feel that feeling. When he first spoke this, that wasn't the case. And so it had even more significance for them. It's this idea that God is actively working in your life, conferring his benefits for the good of you, for the good of your family, and the outcome of that is more than you could imagine. It it is that absolute, complete satisfaction to overflowing. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about being blessed and being satisfied. Now the question is, what's in the middle? What is it, what is the experience in the middle that we need to walk through in our daily lives so that we can experience what it is to be blessed and what it is to be absolutely satisfied as a family, right? A couple words that he uses. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. That's what he uses, hunger and thirst. Here's the word for hunger. It is to crave ardently, to seek with eager desire, right? To crave ardently, to seek with eager desire, right? Not to be crass, but this is the experience for those of you who have gone through the colonoscopy thing. You don't have to admit it. That one you don't have to admit. It's okay, right? But you know how you feel when you get through with that whole thing and you just can't wait to find a McDonald's just to have some grease? Right? Yeah, okay, amen. Uh, we're with you there. Get, but you get, you, right? you get that, right? I mean, you just can't wait. It's just like this, this craving, like, oh, man, I just, I just hunger for it. You just crave it. It's like there's an absence because you don't have it, right? That's what he's talking about. He's, he's just talking about this just, just insatiable craving uh, for that. He says that's what we need to have. We need to have a craving, Right? We need to have a hunger. And then he uses the word thirst, right? A hunger and thirst. There's the Greek word for thirst. And it's to suffer thirst, suffer from thirst. To thirst 
who painfully feel their want, right? It's just, you just, you're just so thirsty, right? I mean, it's what he's describing here is the experience that Jesus himself understood because he went 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness without food and water. Can you imagine what that would be like? 40 days, 40 nights. He understands what he's speaking about. He's, this is the kind of hunger and thirst, right, that you just, you just need to crave. And what is it you need to crave with that kind of urgency? The answer is righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? It is, it is that righteousness, that being just, justness, righteousness, being righteous with God, right, who is the source and the author. It is divine Righteousness. I want to unpack that a little bit for you, right? And I want to make it easy for you to remember uh, what we're talking about today. So it's all going to be wrapped up in this word right here, crave, right? You need to crave. What is it you need to crave? Well, we'll unpack the word crave, right? And so the first step, the first path of this being blessed and being satisfied, this craving we have for hungering for righteousness, right, starts with just Craving, the C word, craving being a Christ-centered home. You've got to crave being a Christ-centered home. Now, there's a difference here. It's not just saying we're a Christian home. It's saying, no, we're going to crave being a Christ-centered home. Let me show you the difference. You see, on the one hand, when you surrender to Christ, you receive what's called positional righteousness. Right? So when you, when you surrender to Christ, you say, yes, Jesus is Lord. Right, You, you receive all the benefits. You, you receive everything Jesus did for you on the cross. And positionally, you're put in a right relationship with God. You are declared righteous. Right, You can see in Ephesians 2, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it, right? So it's just something he's done for you. And so God looks at you and says, you're right. We're okay now. You're in a right relationship with me as he looks at what Christ did for you. That's called positional righteousness. That's awesome. That's an incredible gift that God gives for us. The next step, though, is called practical righteousness. You see, you can be declared righteous, but the next step in that is to actually live that way, right? To practically, on an everyday basis, live in that same relationship. That's the difference between just being a Christian home and being a Christ-centered home. It's not just saying, hey, I'm declared positionally righteous and leave it there. But it's actually living into that righteousness with a regular, ongoing craving of a relationship with Jesus. It's in Ephesians as well. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, positional righteousness, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So we can live out that righteousness in the way He wants us to live. Are you tracking with me on this? Positional righteousness and practical righteousness. What we crave, what we crave is practical righteousness. Mom and Dad, what would it be like in your house if you lived out what you positionally believe? 
that Jesus Christ lives in your home. I mean, what if you lived every day in your home, with your kids, in your family? If you lived out in a relational way what you declare theologically and what you believe biblically, that Jesus lives in your house. That's what he said, right? Elsewhere he said, listen, the Father and I will come and we'll make our home with you. What if you lived in your home, with your kids, in your family, with an identity of Jesus being there all the time? What, what if you lived as if Jesus were really, on a regular, ongoing basis, one of the family? What if you talked with him? What if you asked his opinion about decisions that need to be made as a family? What, what if you're with your kids, mom and dad, and they're, they're talking about struggles they're having at school or a relationship problem or how they got hurt or things they're struggling with? What, what, if, what if you would live as if Jesus were relationally absolutely in that moment working for the benefit of your child? What if you would say to them, you know, Jesus really cares about that. Why don't we just give this to him? Let's pray about it. Instead of just saying kind of a positional thing that says, Yeah, honey, I know you're struggling with that. You know, Dad will pray about it. No, don't, don't. Pray about it there. Live as if Jesus relationally is right there in the experience, in the moment, and wants to do the best he can possibly do for your child in that experience. Live with Jesus being in your house and your family. Crave an ongoing relationship and turn him loose in your house. Do you follow what I'm saying? Let me show you my own family. And I'll do that in this series periodically. I hope you're okay with that. i got an awesome family. I consider myself to be an extraordinarily blessed uh, guy when it comes to family. I'm telling you, incredible. But we tried to do this, Jill and I. We tried to do this with our kids. Is we didn't just say, well, Mom and Dad will pray about that. We, we just prayed with our kids, right? And to this day, and you can check it out, hang out. My daughter's going to be here next service, so you can ask her. But to this day, my daughter lives up in Minnesota. And she will call me when she's struggling with something. Goes to her husband first, but she'll call me too, right? And she'll say, Dad, you know, we'll talk about it. And then she'll say, Dad, would you pray with me? And we pray right there on the phone. Where did she get that? How did that happen? Because we lived relationally with Christ in our home. And when kids struggled, we prayed with them right there. Right, right. We just, we believe. We did what we believe, right? It is to live in that home that says we know Jesus is present here. We know he can work in our lives, and we're going to do it. We're going to live craving that relationship with him and turn it loose in our house. If you look at Psalm 63, it's a great declaration, right? Great declaration. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Here's what I want to suggest today. Mom and dad's out there for your home. What if you made this the declaration of your home? What if today you, you just made a family declaration today? You know, kind of like Joshua did, Right? For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? What if today you just said, yes, we want a blessed house and we want our kids to be satisfied to overflowing and we are just going to today make a declaration and say this. 
Right? If you want to, you can say it with me. Okay? If you're ready for that, I'm going to read it. But if you're in that place, mom or dad or, or husband, wife, and you just say, look, from now on, we want that blessed. You just want to make this a declaration. Go ahead and spout it out with me. Okay? You ready? You, God, are the God of my family. Earnestly, we seek you. My family thirsts for you. With our whole being, we together long for you. As in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Amen? Wow, think about what that's going to do in your house. Think If you live that every day, you get up every day, write that thing on your mirror so that when you're shaving or doing your hair, you read that thing and you practice that in your home. That you just crave a relationship with Jesus every day in your home. Imagine what God's going to do in your house. That's the C. How about the R? Crave. If you do that, it means you're going to have to do some rethinking. You have to rethink some things. Because now the priorities are different in your house. The priorities are different. You're, you're going to have to look at your family and how you spend your time and your energy and resources, everything that you do as family. You're going to have to rethink them some things and decide to reprioritize. Right? Look what it says in Matthew 6. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Notice, above all else. And live righteously, that's what we're talking about. And he will give every give you everything that you need. It's talking about priorities, isn't it? So what's the priorities? How really important is it that your child be on the traveling team? That means every weekend you're somewhere else instead of home with your family. Anybody check the percentages of how many kids make the major leagues or the National Football League or all those other things? What's the priority? When you think about your work life, how, how important it is, is it that you put in all that extra time when you, when you could be home, you know, doing popcorn in the movie with your kids? What's the priority? See, he's going to challenge us to rethink our priorities. And maybe the priority is as a family that what you're going to do is just not only be together, but you're going to serve together. What would it be for your family if you made a decision you're going to have fun together and you're going to serve somebody else for Christ? So last Thanksgiving, my kids all came home. It's awesome. Don't get them all together all the time anymore. They came home, and one of the things we did as a family is we went down to to, uh, uh, Redeemer on Wisconsin Avenue and did the noon run meal, right, as a family. That was our family Thanksgiving, you know, a couple days after. But thanks. It was great. It was awesome. To just be together as a family and serve. That was great for our family. What if you made that a priority instead of all the other stuff, right? You're going to have to rethink. You have to rethink. You're also going to have to make sure that you abide continually in what it is God desires. This is going to put you in conflict with the world. Right? If, if you make that statement that says we're going to live in a relationship with Jesus, we're going to hunger and thirst for, that, for Jesus in our, in our family, it's going to put you in conflict with the world. And, and you've got to just decide, we are going to always choose to do it God's way. We're going to abide in God's desire, meaning we're going to follow whatever the Word says. We're not going to follow what the world says. Right? You look at uh, Matthew 5, he says, God blesses those people who want to obey Him more than eat or drink. They will be given what they want. Another translation of that, right? The beatitude. 
right? It's, it's saying, listen, we're going to do it God's way, uh, no matter what. We're going to do it God's way. V, it means some of you have to avoid some of the things in your life, some of the hindrances that are keeping you from being that family. It's just got to look at your life and, and be able to let go of some stuff, right? Just say, listen, there's some things going on in, in my life or in my family's life. We need to just void them, right? They're, they're a hindrance to us being able to seek Christ. Look what it says in Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You just need to be able to say, look, we're going to just do it God's way, right? Here's one for you. If you're going to follow that, if you're going to abide and you're going to avoid the hindrances, what if you just make, make it an absolute non-negotiable in your house that you go to church on Sunday morning as a family? Non-negotiable. Because we're going to follow God's desire. It's going to put you in conflict with the world. I know it. But, but what if? What if you as a family crave that relationship with Christ and you say in your family, this is a non-negotiable. Every Sunday we're in worship. Right? We even make it easy here, right? You can be in your car driving somewhere on vacation and you can still go to worship with us online, right? There's, I mean, the possibility is always there, right? We did this in our family, right? We went to worship. We're down a, camping down by Myrtle Beach, Florida, and we went to a place called The Gathering. We walked in as the Wisconsin family in khaki shorts and Hawaiian shirts, right? And we also walked in as fresh meat, I mean, these people were, they were all over us, right? The pastor started the service with, and uh, would our friends from Wisconsin please stand up and be welcome today? That was a highlight for the day, right? Yeah, exactly. The service went for an hour and a half. Yeah, and then they took intermission, and the Wisconsin people snuck out. (laughs) Just saying, right? (laughs) But, you know, but what was going on? But in our house, non-negotiable. Yeah, we're on vacation, but that's what we do as a family. Wherever we are, we, we go to worship. That's what we do. Right? You just need, it's going to put you in conflict with the world. But you need to be able to say, look, we need God's blessing in our home. We want our family to be like any, not like any other family. We want it satisfied to overflowing. And you just need to make that commitment. And the last one, expect God's action. You see, when you do these things, God's going to do exactly what God says he's going to do. What did he say in the Beatitude? Blessed and satisfied. He will do that. And you should look for it. You should expect it. Right? Look for it. Expect it. What if in your house, mom and dad, what if when you're at the dinner table at night, you just don't say, so tell me about your day. What if instead you say, so tell me, where did you see God work in your day? Hey, kids, where did God show up in your day today? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what God did in my life today. Let me tell you where I saw God working today. What if you just talk in your house all the time about the reality of God doing exactly what God promises? Working for the benefit of you and your family. Tell those God stories. We do it around here all the time. Every meeting that starts, we start that meeting and we say, Hey, before we get going somewhere else, let's talk about what are you seeing God doing? What are you seeing God doing? Because we believe that's what he does. Let me just uh, summarize it here. I did it on your, on your half sheet for you there. Right? Tell God stories. Have God conversations. Just talk about God all the time. Pray on the spot. Make worship a non-negotiable. And serve together in fun. Get out there as a family and just serve in Christ. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be 
That's the promise. They will be satisfied. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this truth today. It is incredible to know and to just absolutely believe that your word is true and that we can have uh, homes that are unlike anything else, not like every other home in the world, but we can have blessed homes, satisfied homes, that we can have families that flourish. Lord, we know it's, it's not just a simple path, uh, but it's an everyday thing. It's just an everyday thing where we just hunger and we thirst. We just crave that relationship with you. And so we ask today, uh, lead us. Lead us to make that commitment as a family so that our homes will be blessed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.